Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hi, everyone, and thanks so much again for joining us for this month's edition of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. Um, I hope you enjoyed last month's edition where we spoke with Sequoia. We've gotten a lot of good feedback on that yacht and a lot of interest in Indonesia as a result. So we thank you for the support. And please don't forget to tune in on um, iTunes, subscribe, or in the Google Play Store, and you'll never miss an episode. It's the best place to keep up to date on what we're doing. So thank you again for the support, and don't forget to subscribe. Today, we're thrilled to be here uh, with another guest on the show, uh, Sergio Marichales. He's a super yacht chef, private chef, who I had the pleasure of meeting in the Bahamas of all places when he was... uh, the chef on board a Sunseeker 116-foot yacht. So, Sergio, thank you very much for joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me, actually. Yes, thank you. And we, you have such an interesting background, so I don't want to talk too much myself today, and I'd rather everyone got to know you a little bit. Um, can you start with how you got into cooking in the first place? It's a bit of a background for you, but it's also a bit of a zigzag path you kind of took to get where you are today. Definitely, you know, when I actually, uh, the way that I actually learned to cook, and how I actually got into cooking was through my family. I have a mildly big family and actually um, always the, the meetings, always, you know, the family reunions and the family meetings were about that, you know, meeting and eating and joining ourselves and enjoying our company. So I always saw food in a way that it's about families, about sharing, it's about caring to others. And, you know, that was passed to me through my aunts and my grandparents and my mom. Yeah, my dad doesn't cook at all. Like, he cooks. <laughs> whatever he cooks, it cooks it's well, but he doesn't, he's not really a good cook. Okay. And, yeah, so, so you know, that was passed to me by, by, by all my family. And then when it came time to actually decide what to do, I just, I went to a little, a little school, I would say. It was, you know, not really big back in Venezuela. Um, and did my first year of culinary training there. Learned, you know, what all will all the chefs that learn the basics in school is just about cuts and soups and bases, which are truly necessary actually to to make your career in, as a chef. Then moving on, went to the United States, graduated from Le Cordon Bleu, working in hotels, restaurants, catering, even a food truck at one point. That was really fun, actually. Was it? Yeah. What kind of food was it? It was a taco truck. So it okay. was like super fun. You know, I was working with, I think, one Puerto Rican, uh, Rastafari out of all people. Okay. And, and yeah, like really small, but really nice, really fast paced service. And looking back into it, you know, definitely prepped me a little bit for working aboard motor, uh, you know, yachts. It is actually, you know, yeah. like working in the super jet industry. Because, you know, it's really tight spaces where you have to be really organized, you know. That's true. Yeah, actually, in that's a, a good point. In a short time. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, every little piece that you do along the way definitely helps you. And then somehow I ended up in New Orleans, Louisiana, working for a big uh, hotel chain. And really wasn't for me the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Like, really didn't feel well on that, on that atmosphere. I really never got to cook what I can cook and what I felt like cooking. So after that, I took a setback and I, I went back home and I started my own company doing t- something totally different. 
selling model oil and tires. Okay. Is it still in the <laughs> States or did you go back no, to No, no, no. I went back to Venezuela. I went back okay. to Venezuela for about a couple of years. Okay. And did that and it was a great life. Don't get me wrong. You know, I had at one point I had something like 15 employees and, you know, cars, boats, an apartment. But somehow, you know, I always found myself cooking and cooking more. Every time that I was stressed, that I wasn't feeling well, right. I went to cook. And I cook. And cooking for me is always like that. It's, and that's why I enjoy what I do so much because I don't feel like work sometimes. I just feel like that is my place where I can create, where I can feel happy. But, you know, there is some flavors that just remind me of my childhood. And there are some things that just get me going into the day yes you need some skills and you always need to get better like in everything that you do in life you always need to get better you always need to read more you always need to try new things but that's for me is interesting and that's how i decided to get back into it and get the first chance to go on my first yacht that was a 124 feet 40 meter uh, horizon okay where was i went this back my- in the states or Back in the States. That's yeah. when I came back to the States. So, okay. so got my first job in a boat and went to the Bahamas for the first time. Okay. Um, nice I first been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say I've been to the Bahamas about 12 times already. Wow. You don't get over that blue. No. So do you no. have a favorite little spot then where you would go back um, to? I will say that it's Daniel Key where we were. Yeah. It's one of the, my favorite spots in the Bahamas just because... You know, it's a little, it's a little town. I actually worked some, I did some villa work in there too. So, um, to be honest, like for me, it's just because I have some friends there, and you're pretty accessible to everything that you need. Like, yeah. if you need to get provisions, you're actually really close. You got flights coming once or twice a day that you can actually bring stuff in. So I will say that Daniel is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. And after that, it will be Nassau. You know, everybody arrives to Nassau, but Nassau, it has some great memories for me. I will say that those are my favorite parts in Bahamas. Okay. It kind of opposite ends too, eh? Because Nassau is very yeah. busy and a bit more built exactly. up. And Daniel, not so much. So. Yeah. I try to be Nassau. Actually, there is this great marina and this great place called um, Lifer Key. It's to the other side of the island. Okay. Away from the cruise ships and... Atlantis and everything else. So for me, it's really interesting when you go there because there's this really nice restaurant. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's called uh, Home, uh, House Club or something like that. But the food is amazing. One of the best food that I had in the Bahamas ever. Okay, that is a big recommendation coming from you. <laughs> and a little amazing. It's about, it's about, I would say, five minutes from the marina from Life for K. Okay. But what a great, such a great food. Okay, I'm sure people will check that out now on your recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yacht that you went on, that was a bit of a fluke, you said, right? Get, like, you didn't go searching for a job on yachts, did you? Or Well, yes and no. So, the way how I started this, and, and that's one of the interesting parts, is like, yes, I actually, I went to the States back when I, when I went back in May 2016, so I'm actually turning about two years in yachting. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I turned two years in yachting yesterday, actually. Okay, well, um, congrats. Thank you. So um, interesting enough, when I arrived to the States, I was like, well, you know, I might not stay here. My plan all along was not come. Uh, I was going back home. 
to Venezuela. It was just oh. a little vacation that I was having okay. for a moment. And, but I always knew about yachting. It was something that going to school in Miami and working with what it is, catering with, you know, in Miami, you get to meet people. You get to hear the stories. You get to to know a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah. And so it's right on I your doorstep, knew, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So I always knew that was there. And I knew I knew the industry. I knew how the work was. And I knew how the money was. That was one of the biggest things on yachting. And when I came back, I was like, nah, I'm not going back to restaurants nor hotels. I, I already did that. I don't feel like doing that again. Mm-hmm. So this whole yachting industry, and I don't know if I explained this to you at one point, but this is like a club. Yeah. And yes, it's hard sometimes to get in, but once you're in or you are let in by someone, it's easier to actually move around because you already, because as a club, you will have people that recommend you. Right. And most of the people in this industry, even though, you know, there is a lot of thousand yachts out there and everything, pretty much the people is the same. You get new faces, faces that are coming and faces that are going. But the faces that stay are always mildly the same. So depending on the side of the world that you are, people will know one or two people that you have worked with. Yeah. The door is open now. You can move the around. The door is open. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, they they vouch for you. And as you vouch for people, too, you know, it's like a, it's, it's all about reference and recommendations. It's all about who you know. Yeah. Like any other industry, you know. This, that's, that's one of the things with this industry. And... That's why when we talk, and I explain to you how I got my next job, um, it was like that. It was somebody that I know personally, a friend of mine, that recommended me to a job. It's just that that's pretty much how it goes. Okay. Right place, right for, person, right time. Right place, right person, right yeah. time. And the same was for my first job. Right place, right person, right time. Okay. Uh, I met the Colombian captain, and they gave me my first chance. It was about that. I wasn't getting paid, you know. The standard, I was getting paid less, of course, yeah. because I was new. Yeah. But, you know, you need to sometimes suck it up for a couple of months. Yes. Start and then, somewhere. Yeah. And then, you know, go into bigger and better things. Yeah. And now you split your time. You do some work on this side in the States and in the Caribbean. And then you're also in the med sometimes, correct? So, yeah. Right now, I'm actually in Barcelona. I took, oh, nice. uh, yeah, I took a couple of weeks off. Um, okay. Yeah, and I would actually join the 116 where we met uh, in a couple of days as some of the things with the with the 47 meter that was on didn't work out. But it's just it's just a great thing, you know. Yeah. And the doors were, were left open with them. And the moment that I called, they were actually super excited to have me. They're like, yes, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> the food was amazing. And I know we weren't the yeah, only ones to think Thank you about, so much. So, yeah. Thank okay. you so much. But yeah, you know, it was all about that. So. So, yeah, I'm having a couple of weeks off here in Barcelona and joining the culinary scene. Um, I can tell you that it's not being a day where I have eaten bad here. That okay. food here is just incredible. Yeah, that was one of my <laughs> um, questions. Is that, do you have a top place in the world that you like to to go for? It doesn't have to I don't know, to be honest restaurant. with you, because I've been, I've been around the world with the yachting industry. You know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to actually have the chance to... Yes, I started my career doing the Florida, Bahamas, Caribbean, mm-hmm. and then actually moving on to Asia and living in, in Hong Kong 
and surroundings for about a year, you know, being in China, being in Hong Kong, being in Thailand, being in Singapore. It's something that definitely elevates your your food culture. Yes. Because, you know, you can now taste all these different local local tastes and local flavors and then actually add it on into your cuisine. Rethink dishes, actually. I had one of... Um, I had an amazing experience recently in Italy when I had to... I think we talked. That was the day that we were supposed to have the interview oh, originally, yes. actually. Yeah. Yeah, so I was outside of Osteria Francescana. And interesting enough, um, I got to actually get in. It wasn't easy, really. Oh, <laughs> yes, that restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was yeah, it was... So what was made that so special? Was it a typical Italian, like, 10-course meal? Or? No. Okay. <laughs> the thing with Osteria Francescana um, is that it, it, was, it was the best restaurant in the world two years straight, 2015, 2016, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, wow. Okay. So to get in there mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. So three, you know, it's a three-month waiting list, actually. And so, you know, I went there and I was like, yeah, let me just going to and <laughs> see, see if, if I, I can, can maybe yeah. yeah maybe try to work here and okay yeah let's say no okay but, um, <laughs> but hey right place right time you got to eat there so exactly I try to eat there I just like well you know can I just at least have a meal yeah and they're like uh no okay <laughs> <laughs> no like we're fully booked like no yeah and I was like well what if I wait you know I can wait and have time and yeah. I truly did. I truly have time at the moment. Um, it was like a day off and I had the car. And yes, I was two hours from the boat in a car. But come on, we come from the States. Two hours in car is nothing. Right? <laughs> I Interesting to tell that enough, to European two hours, friends. They don't yeah, get it. Yeah, <laughs> two, hour, two, hour, two hours here in car is like a totally different scene. It's yes. Funny yeah, yeah. I mean, you're crossing borders over there in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, so actually. Yeah. So... Um, so, yeah, so I went to it, and they opened doors at about 8, and, you know, they, they do the whole introduction, Bienvenido, Osteria Francescana, and so on. So I saw that, and I was waiting outside to try to, and, you know, they see me around. Like, the cooks have seen me around because I was there for a couple hours. The, some of the servers have seen me around. So I was like, well, you know, hope it happens. So yeah. I was just going, I just needed to... It's a 270 euro plate, so it wasn't a cheap. Yeah. It wasn't a cheap escapade, if you want to call it. But I was all willing to because for me it was more about what I could learn. Yeah. And what I could add to my menus and what I could mm-hmm. add to my flavors. And and then, you know, this story gets better. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> It's good. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, I'm there and it's about 803 and the maitre d' comes out. And he sees me, and then, like, with the broken Italian that I speak. Well, my Italian got a little better while I was there. Yeah. Was so close to the Spanish. But with my broken Italian, I just, you know, kind of explained that I was a young chef, that I just wanted to come in and try some dishes to see what I could actually add and, and make my business a little better and so on and so on. And, and he's like, well, just come with me. Really? And I was like, yes, perfect. And then, you know, I get in, I shake one of the service hands that I talked to him earlier that day. Yeah. Um, I come in again and, I, you know, I'm expecting to be sit at this moment. Right. But they take me back into the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> and they sit me in a corner of the kitchen, actually. And I have the 12-course menu 
in the kitchen. Really? Expl- each dish explained by the chef that worked there. Oh my gosh, that's almost better than being sat, though. Yeah, like that was amazing. So yeah. So you know, like that for me was just amazing, and actually getting into there for me was a wake-up call too, because I yes, I enter into one of the best kitchens in the world. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I saw so many things that you know. You try my food. I'm I'm a my legal cook. Yeah, more um, than that, but yes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but, you know, I saw some things, you know, technique-wise, culinary-wise, that I was like, well, you know, I'm still maybe not missing a lot of this, but I, it, I still can refine myself a little more. I still can be a little better, be better, faster, stronger. Yeah, like you said, just, always learning, right? Trying Exactly. So um, for now, I just took the decision that I'm going to do the med season. Okay. Um, with the Sun Seeker, and then we, I actually will go back to restaurants for the winter season. I won't go back to the States. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I will I do, I will be here in the Met for, I will be here in, most likely in Barcelona. Okay. Working in some of the best restaurants in town. Wow, that's great. Cause then I'm sure with both ways, like you said, with the hotel, you, it was kind of the opposite of the food truck, right? It's too big, you get lost in it, there's politics and, so I'm sure every exactly. office, like, well, your type of office, every chef job you have is different in, in, in its own unique way that you can then take to the next job, even if it's on exactly. a totally different atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So for me, it's, it's all about that. You know, it's about growing. And I see that, especially in this industry, you know, we play on the highest level. If you want to put it, we play on the highest level of ball. I can only compare getting sometimes to high-level banking. Okay. Why? Because you are disposable entirely. If you don't produce, if you don't do your job the way that you should, yeah. if you made a mistake, you're out of the door. And I can tell you this because I have not only seen on other people where they wake up at 8 in the morning, they're fired at 8 30, packed by 10, and, and their replacement is arriving at midday yeah. for lunch. Yeah. Uh, it has happened to me, you know, it has happened to me in, in moments that I, I, like it happened to me at one point where I wasn't expecting it and it actually happened. Like they were like, yeah, we're no longer need your services like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Without expecting it. It was like, it was totally out of the bloom. Yeah. And that makes you doubt so, yourself too a little bit, I bet. Like, oh, like you cannot imagine. Yeah. You know, it definitely makes you doubt yourself. It definitely, it waits on you because some part of being a chef and it was actually, uh this uh, because I've been, you know, I've been by myself. I've been doing some things, uh, some individual projects lately. So, so yeah, it definitely waits on you. It definitely something that, as a chef, you put your soul sometimes out there, and just yeah, that's not well received. Sometimes just, you know, and it's okay. You know, people just not everyone likes your food. Like even when I go out, sometimes there's things that I don't like. Yes, there's it's very that personal, return. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's things that I return, don't get me wrong. Like I return plates all of the time. Yeah. Well you're a I tough like, critic, mm, I guess, if it's exactly what you do too. Exactly. So it's just you know it's just the way that we in this industry roll. And that's the reason why we make, you know, maybe sometimes two or three times what a chef on land will make. And we live this life of, you know, traveling and, and rolling around and 
and sometimes it's hard because you know you actually get all this and and it's funny even when i, I was in australia for toscana one of the best kitchens in the world don't get me wrong the they still see you as an elitist you're an elite chef because you work in jobs yes yeah like even this like you know they will see and you wow you're you're, you're actually a chef wow that's elite you know like, it doesn't get any better than that yeah yeah so it comes with its own sort of entitlement i guess people might think or, exactly you yeah. know like in and it is still the same hard work you know some days i pull 16 18 hour days yeah that's a normal thing yeah me. and i see that with a lot of people on boats is uh it is. I think it's a lot more than people think. It's not like a restaurant where you have a lunch and dinner seating or something. It's mm -mm. it's all day. Yeah. Yeah. It's all day because you're doing you're doing a pair of tips. You're doing lunch. You're doing dinner. You're doing breakfast. You got all the snacks in there because people yeah, can't exactly. go an hour without eating something or drinking something. Exactly, <laughs> or they, they want to munch into something when they come up out of the, the beach, like I did for you guys that yeah. day. That, munch on I something. How... It was like a five yeah, wagyu exactly. or something. <laughs> a little yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. A little something, you know, like yeah. exactly. But and do you have? But yeah, uh, that's the way. Do you have trouble with that though? Like getting certain supplies. I know Bahamas. You're kind of well connected to the states, and they have a lot of fresh seafood and things like that. But have you had any really tricky times where you couldn't get the supplies that you needed on board? I will say that one of the trickiest times to get provisions was definitely China. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, when I was in China, we were in Hainan. Hainan is a little island. Yeah. Uh, on the south uh, southwest of China, and yes, you know, actually, it was hard in the way that first of all, the language. I yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like you know, I don't. Our Mandarin, especially living in Hong Kong, you don't practice it at all. No, no. This is the way. Like yeah. you barely speak some Cantonese for the taxi drivers. You know, like thank you, the numbers yeah. here, here, which is really important. Nothing technical. But, yeah. Nothing technical. Like if I tell you that I know the name in Chinese of an onion, oh, I don't know. Like I don't know. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But. It was also the fact that you, it doesn't meet your quality criteria. Uh, the local fish that you have, you really don't know how much. Like, I can see a fish from the outside and know if it's fresh. Yeah, I was just thinking. But, yeah, but, like, I don't, gonna, I, you know, I don't know if all the fish that they're going to give me is fresh. Yeah, so the quality and sometimes, Yeah, exactly. And sometimes the your timing becomes a situation also because, you know, when it's two of you in a galley, in a kitchen, in a boat, you have the time to actually make a provision before. Yeah. But when you don't, it just becomes a little even trickier to actually get everything done. And yeah, for me, I will say that one of the hardest part was that. But at the same time, you know, we, we prep each other really well. We brought everything from, from Hong Kong with us. Okay. So you can crossing. quite a so bit. So usually yeah. what you do, usually what you do in these sort of situations is that you you will fully provision into your last port of knowing. Like let's say if you're in my if you're in Florida, I'll provision myself in Florida fully for a crossing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your next major port where you know you can get exactly right now I can get yeah. everything else that I need. Okay, so say a two week charter. You're only stocking enough provisions. There's a point where you would restock. 
There's a point note where we stop. Depends yeah. also on the kind of fridge that I have, the kind of boat that I'm working on. Like there is boats that are smaller. You can only provision for a couple of days, three, four days. Yes, yeah, depending on. Space. You have enough. Like usually your proteins are the hottest part because that's where your quality comes into play. Yeah, it needs to be fresh and produce. You can still play with them. You can still play with the produce. Yeah. Of course, I would never buy produce in the Bahamas because I know how they get into the Bahamas and just they lose all the quality on oh, their way. Right. Can you sh yeah. share about that or is it just, should we not be eating food? Sometimes, no, no, no. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes in the Bahamas, especially in the little islands. Yeah. You lose the, the, they call it, you know, the, the cold, uh, the cold transition. Like it has to be cold all the way. And you lose that sometimes. Like, you know, it's going to be left outside at one point. But oh, maybe true. while it's getting in from the airport. So you lose some of the quality, especially really, you know, real perishable stuff like berries and yeah. strawberries and little things like that. They really lose some of their quality. Yeah. Or they won't last as long as you just know it wouldn't be worth yeah worth exactly it to stop so there, yeah. those are things that you have to know how to deal like for always the berries the i'll say the berries the flowers and some of the things those are things that are really perishable mm -hmm. and you really have to know how to how to deal with them yeah especially the flowers because it's all like the final presentation isn't it so if they're all kind of exactly. wilted and browning it kind of Put the damper. Yeah, on it kind of goes off, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And do you have uh, a favorite signature dish or something? I guess two questions, really. One, a signature dish that you love to wow people with. And two, mm -hmm. a dish that you know everyone will love and it's a fail-safe. Like if you have a picky group or something, you know you can make that. And they might be two separate dishes, but... Actually, well, you had one of them, actually, uh, okay. the octopus dish. Oh, yeah. And that uh, was I'll say it's my signature dish. Yeah. yeah it's my was... signature dish. And they were two it's different types, right? They were yeah, done two different ways? Two... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a sear and a macerated one yes. over a bed of creamy corn with tobacco and olive oil um, and olive oil as first. That for me is one of my favorite dishes. Yeah, it's absolutely. just a lot of flavor into three or four small bites. Mm -hmm. And I will say that one dish that for me goes with almost everyone, even with the ketos that are yes, that's lately, yeah, that's lately a trend that is being caught. It's been cutting up. Yeah, more and more people is going keto, so you really need to know how to work your ketos. And yeah. the thing with keto is that because they're not having carbohydrates, you need to be able to feed them and make them feel full with vegetables. Yes, yeah. So for me right now, uh, at the moment, I will say that one of my favorite ones for, for ketos are, is the sea bass, the butter poached sea bass. Is that it's the one we like, had as well? You did a sea no, bass. No, okay. I did a sea bass, but it's, it's just yours was sear and yeah. cook in the oven. Well, the one that I do is actually butter poach. It's just you, you oh. poach it in butter and you leave it cook. Okay, the fats are good for the ketos, yeah. Yeah, good. and I serve that with a spinach puree, um, grilled cucumbers, comfy tomatoes, and nice uh, tricolor radish. Okay, that sounds amazing. I'll say that. I'll say that that is something that I just, I when I need to do something that I know people will like, I will go for that. 
if yeah. I don't get if I don't have any dietary restrictions, fresh pasta is always a, is ahead. Fresh pasta. Fresh pasta yeah. from scratch. Okay. Ooh, that would be good. And is that mm-hmm. something you picked up on one of your times in Italy as well, or? No, to be honest with you, the fresh pasta for me, I actually learned to do it by I. So when I was growing up, um, my godmother, that is also my aunt, she married an Italian. Okay. Um, since we were little kids, we always had fresh pasta and gray sauces. Yeah. It. Okay. So from a young age. He taught us. Yeah, he taught us when when we were little kids. You know how to do fresh pasta. Okay. And that's that's something that I got in there, and then when I got into culinary school, I learned to do it myself. As you know, it's fresh pasta. And even a couple of days ago, with a with a friend of mine that actually we're shooting uh, for a, an online blog, okay. uh, he's an Italian chef, and we did gnocchi fresh from scratch. Oh, yum! Okay. So yeah, so so yeah, so you know, fresh pasta is always a nice touch. It's always great in the way that um, you have something so warming and some home feel mm-hmm. made to to your to your taste and to your and by your hands so you know when you can actually tell someone that yeah you know i did this you know either ravioli or gnocchi or tartanelli or whatever you do yeah and it's homemade definitely people feel special and you can still put your own personalization on it or something exactly too, so, you know yeah. i think that i think that was one of the best part of, of going into this restaurant that I went last week, they taught me how to see Italian cuisine in, in a different way. Okay. As in putting your own spin on things? Like it doesn't have to yeah, be... Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and not only putting your own spin on things, just combining flavors from the East and the West. Like I had this amazing course called Dog from the East and the West. Okay. So it's a pecking dog in the bottom covered by um, an orange risotto. And grated with burnt orange on top, but swear to God, when Ooh, I try it, yeah, the dog tastes exactly what I when I used to go to the markets in in Hong Kong. Yeah, it's like the same pecking dog that I had in the markets in Hong Kong. Interesting, isn't it? Because I think as the world gets a bit smaller like that, things are all melting together, aren't they? So a lot of your cooking probably isn't just you know, your, your Venezuelan heritage or, you know, you spend time in that, it probably melts together all these different places you've been and foods you've tried. So lots of different flavors. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's, I think cooking is all about that is putting together what you've seen, what you learn, what you grew up with and some of the flavors that you love just by going to a restaurant and doing this and doing that. Like, believe me, I've been in some great restaurants around here. Actually, yesterday, funny enough, I went to to have lunch in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think it was like three minutes walking from my hotel. Okay. So, you know, I just go there, and then the guys have like 4.5 stars on Google. So I was like, okay, cool. This restaurant might be good. Get there about 1.15. The restaurant opened at 1. There's no one in the restaurant. No one. Oh, Okay. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, you know, that, that always seems weird. Odd <laughs> Bad like, sign. I see, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's like, that's odd. Yeah. And I come in and, you know, I'm, I'm all Spanish out. Hola, como estas? Like, um, yeah, so table for one is like, no, 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 we're fully booked for lunch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and you're looking around. And, uh, what? Yeah, exactly. I went, uh, but you seem pretty empty. Yeah. Like, how, how are you fully booked for lunch? Like, no, no, we open in about half an hour. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. So when can you have me? Yeah. 
And he's like, no, to, tomorrow, uh, tonight dinner. And I was like, okay, cool. And I went there, and yes, actually, as, as amazing as advertised. Okay, good. And that's yeah, it was amazing. Know, and it's funny enough. Yeah, to be honest with you, being here in Spain, and in, even in Italy, just recently, it's a different way of living life. You know, they, they, they're a little more calm. They're a little more... They live life in a different way, you know. The siesta, yes. they have this break in the afternoon. They actually live life. Especially and compared to the Miami Fort Lauderdale scene, I think it's exactly very you know like yeah. it's exactly especially over there that you know we just roll a thousand miles per second. Yeah, and, no holidays, me, no sick days. Yeah, exactly, no, yeah. you know, same, same for for living in China. You know, living in China. Um, one of the things that the bankers say actually it's already tomorrow in Hong Kong. We have to cut up. Yeah. Uh, and people live over there with that mentality that you have a day ahead of the world, make it count. Yes. Yeah. True. So you're so in a totally different vibe right now. Where? So yeah, I'm a totally different. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like you're getting used to it. You know, like you're getting used to having dinner at 10 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> which, for those of us I mean, who are normally in bed by then. <laughs> exactly, which is crazy, you know. Yeah. Like you, you actually, and I've dated a couple of girls here actually. Um, okay. And interesting enough, they tell you, yeah, no, dinner twenty two, and you're like, what? Yeah, that has to be an address or something. That can't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. They have dinner at ten and. Yeah. You know, they finish about midnight and then they go home. Yeah, it is. Like, it's something to get used to, but it's nice, isn't it? It's nice. There's, yeah. uh, the wine here is amazing. I can tell you that. I haven't had a bad wine here. Oh, really? Do you incorporate like, even, a lot of that into your cooking? Like, I try to, to be honest yeah. with you. And even with, I think I did for you the, the I don't know if I, I got the chance to do the dry ice for you, or but I usually integrate into my meals. Okay. The senses. I usually either integrate spices for every other course or or like smells into it. Okay. As it's something that, that adds on to, to the whole situation. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to realize that in the yachting industry, it's a show. Yes, for uh, sure. For and sure. you're, yes, you're getting, this was something that was said to me not long ago. As a yacht, as a you are the most expensive hotel in the world. Mm-hmm. What a what the most expensive night in a hotel might cost you seven eight thousand dollars, on charter depending on the size of your vessel, you're costing about twenty five. Mm. So you're costing three four times what a four season yeah, it's called for a big yacht. Cost. Yeah. So you have to understand that because you are the best hotel in the world, you have to go up to those standards. Of service, those standards of yeah. whenever you go to have a meal. It's all about the experiences that you can create for you, for you while you were on board the one one two. Yeah, it was an experience. It was a whole day experience that we actually created for you. Yes, yeah, and, and that's exactly what we create for guests, for owners, and because that's what they actually hire a guest to have that level of service, to have that level of experience. That level of culinary expertise. Yeah. And it's and because, too, they're not going anywhere. Well, I mean, they can go on land. But for the most part, you are like the in-house restaurant or entertainment. Exactly. Or, you yeah. are the in-house restaurant. You are the in-house entertainment. Yeah. You are pretty much everything that needs to be happening into these 
into the time on board uh, the vessel. So you have to make it count into what they actually there. And that's something that I, I personally um, was taught and I make a point that you have to give the best. That's why I told you that I compare this a lot to high-level banking because mm-hmm. you have to be on point every day. You have to give your best every day. You have to just produce and keep producing every day at the highest level. Yeah. Because And that goes into everything. You know, you're the best pay hotel staff in the world for a reason. You're the best, ho- you're the highest and most expensive hotel in the world for a reason. And that's where all your standards should come from. Yeah. And you, though, I think you fit really well into that because I think you have that on yourself already, especially as a chef. Like, you probably demand perfection from yourself, which then means you would be a good fit. Like, I think there's a lot of people out there who just are okay to scrape by, you know, or be average or they don't need to be the best of the best. But I think you're constantly striving for that. and that You shows. need to. Like, yeah. for me, it's all about that, you know. I, I see... I see life, to be honest with you, in a, in a way that if you cannot look at yourself back one year before and say, wow, you know, I was one year before here and I was doing this and now I'm here in Barcelona mm-hmm. um, having an interview with you and actually eating great food. I went to the El, El Mercado de la Boqueria today. That is a really famous market here and I had lunch there. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's all about that. It's all about how you actually see yourself through the years. You know, yeah. like, for example, I can put it to you this way. Last time this year, I was in Hong Kong. Okay. And I was working in Hong Kong, normally. Uh, by this year, I'm here in Barcelona at this time of the year. Next year, I don't know where I'm going to be. And yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's good to, it's a, like a gratitude, but a reflection. It's good to check in like that. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, it's all about that. You know, it's all about the most that you can learn, the most that you can do along the years. And, and every day that you take, it's an experience. It's a, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that I like to take them. Even yeah. with the good and the bad, don't get me wrong. Like for me, and I can do this, you know, it was a, it was a little bit of a downfall that Bartali didn't work. Yeah. That was the vessel that I actually came here to Europe. To join. Right. Yes, that you were on recently, yeah. And somehow it didn't work out for me. It would just work out because he wasn't his days. So the owner came on board. He had my food. He said, oh, the guy's amazing. Great. Uh, but he's not my taste. It's not my taste of food. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Nothing I can do about that. No. Like we uh, said, it's very personal, but. It's very personal. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, don't, don't believe that that doesn't take a toll on you. No, for sure. Uh, I'm sure you like, go feel some self-doubt and. Confidence. Exactly, you know, it's still, you're still putting your, your soul in there. So, so yeah, you know, that's why actually when I when I got this time, I went to to Osteria, and I think looking back, it was a great idea because I just felt well. I just felt like you know, yes, I am where I need to be. Definitely, you know, it's it's analytics. You you have to work a lot to actually be on the jobs and stay yeah. yourself in the jobs. Yeah. But when you actually move away from that and you see that, and that's, it's funny because engineers and chefs are the only two people on vessels that need to have great qualifications in order to actually get into the industry. Yeah. Well, with the rest, you know, if I went to be a decky, 
I start, you know, cleaning the boat, cleaning the boat, I get a couple of courses, and then I yeah. move on. Yeah, you start at the bottom. You have and work to, out. exactly. You, well, while you're being a chef, you can actually not do that. You have to have a really big background experience in actually to order walking sure. to the vessel, the boats. Because also one thing that you get is the internationality of the of the industry. You get people that is from different ways of life. And from that, you will get different requests, you know, from yeah. religious requests to to home requests, you know, like you have Italians or you have Spaniards or you have someone from, I don't know, Mississippi or Chicago yeah. that is just asking you for a mac and cheese the way it is. Yeah. Or the guy's asking you for steak and potatoes, but, you know, he wants to steak and potatoes the national, the natural way. Yeah. Yeah. Like mom so, used to make kind of a thing. Exactly. So you know, you know yeah. with a lot of gravy. Yeah. And so on. So, you know, you have to be able to cater for the most exquisite palates and at the same time for the most normal palates. You know, like you get requests for Easter for Easter dinner or for Easter brunch. And then, you know, you need to have your hash, your, your hash potatoes and you need to have your baked ham mm. and the gravy and, and everything else that comes in between. So being a jazz chef is more about adaptation. And that's, that goes also on the menus that you can produce. That goes also into your provisionings and everything else. Don't get me wrong. It's all about context too. You need, you know, I, I would say that I have one of my favorite provisioners um, that, you know, they've been helping me all around the world. They're called Provide and Supply. But at the same time, um, I also have, you know, some other people that I use whenever I don't actually need to, you know, I, I cannot find them or it's just a thing that I'm in Italy and it's going to take four days to actually get anything. And Italy is not the easiest place to, to get something. We just actually yeah. had a downfall in Italy with, some provisions that were supposed to arrive, and our caviar got stolen. Oh, dear. Uh, like, our caviar got stolen, some other DHL fellas, and they oh. deliver a couple This is of when the traders. laid-back attitude really gets frustrating. Exactly, that's <laughs> yeah. when the laid-back attitude just, just kills you. It's like, yeah, I understand that I'm in Italy. You don't work on the weekends, but I just need your help. Yeah, customer service, I don't think, is the exact same there, so... Yeah, so, you know, that's, that's, that's when you come back and you're like, well, I need the 24-7 culture here. Yeah, yeah. And so it just goes back and forth, you know, like you're still going to get curveballs thrown to you by guests, thrown to you by owners, thrown to you by life itself. Like, yeah, yeah, and being prepared for that. I think, mm -hmm. um, I think us doing this call at my lunchtime and your pre-dinner i guess since you're in spain yeah. so you won't be eating at the normal dinner time was not the best idea i'm now starving and i wish, oh, no. <laughs> I wish you were here to cook something delicious that you've just mentioned but i just i can't thank you enough i could literally talk all day to you about food and this industry but um we'll have to wrap it up so thank you so much sergio for taking the time with us um and i just want to tell everyone where they can find you so your website is Sergio Marichales, and that's S-E-R-G-I-O-M-A-R-I-C-H-A-L-E-S.com. And your yes. Instagram's the same. And I think Instagram's kind of your go-to, right? That's where... Yeah, Instagram okay. is my go-to at the moment. Is At the moment, to be honest with you, I, I'm taking a break of okay. Instagram, of everything. I'm in a little space, but believe me, the material that I have, that I have 
completed for the last three weeks here in Europe. It's definitely coming up. Okay. Um, but yeah, Instagram is my go-to. Um, in Instagram, we actually, we're not only, you know, adding to the recipes and adding to the lifestyle situation. We're also going to be doing contests pretty soon with some of the sponsors. And we're going to be showing a little bit more of Europe as I'm going to be around here all the summer. Okay. So some recommendations for restaurants and where to go, where to eat, where to buy, especially the where to buy your produce is coming up because one thing, and I know we're wrapping up, but let me just really quick in this. There is no manual to actually be a yacht chef. And that is something that every time I sit with other yacht chefs, we go together into little tricks and pieces that we just roll each other for the industry. And it's interesting. You just start like, little tricks and pieces that you try. So there's not really a manual yeah. into how to do this. And I think that is something that I want to try with the people that is coming in to actually throw out there, you know, how to little bits and tricks that I can actually help you out in the future. As the way, you know, some of my friends have to help me or I actually have a great network of people that I can just call and be like, hey, you know, I'm here. Where, where do I go? Just go here, talk to this guy. Not everyone has that. And I think that's something that should be sometimes a little bit more easy to, to achieve. Yeah, that's probably a great idea. So is that something people can look out for? You Definitely. There's okay. something they can look out for in the, in the near future. Okay, great. Well, thank you again, Sergio, for your time. Um, please go follow him. You'll love his photos. And everything he's just spoken about really comes through on his website. So don't forget to check him out. Thank you so much again, Sergio. No, to you, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.